I don't know about you, who's ever been on a journey before, who's gone on a journey of longer than, uh, let's say, two weeks? Oh yeah, journey of longer than two weeks, uh, welcome to our camping family right there. Um, all the way from London, I don't know how you got the camper van over the seas, it's um, actually really impressive to be honest. Hey, um, who's, um, who's been uh, overseas on a missions trip? Awesome. Have you, who's, who remembers the time that they opened their bag after they've finished the mission trip, thinking that they'd clean their clothes really well, when in fact they open the bag and there's this kind of waft that comes out? <laughs> the mo- one of the most embarrassing things that ever happened to me was I went on a missions trip to Tonga and it was awesome. Like, the Tongan people were, uh, like, honestly, they were so welcoming. It was, it was really cool. And anyway, I thought I, I thought I was on top of my washing game, but we did our washing in the shower. That was just how we did it. Um, and um, I thought my washing game was strong. And so we went from um, this mission trip straight into um, a, a youth conference called Get Smart. And I distinctly remember um, there was this really lovely lady um, from Christchurch who offered to um, clean, my, clean my gear for me. And I thought, oh, well, that's, that's really great. Um, and so I, I, come into, I come in from Tonga, which is, which is awesome, and... Um, go straight to the conference and I realise that I don't have like a youth, I don't have youthy type clothes on. And so I just say to her, hey, just before I, I hand you my bag, because she's going to do all of my laundry, which is incredible, um, I, I just need to change my shirt and I open my bag and oh my goodness, this, um, this season that I've just been in now, um, Tonga is Tonga's humid, it's, a, it's an awesome place, but it's humid and, and, and a large man like me and humidity. Um, We've never been friends. Um, We never will be friends. And I distinctly remember the look on her face where she's like, you could see her double thinking about whether or not she was going to clean my bags after all. And so I had to to actually pick the least stinky top. And I realised, oh my goodness, if if this is my clean clothing, what am I currently wearing and how do I smell? All right. Any of us that's been tramping for longer than two or three days, you know exactly what we're talking about. It's like, man, I'm so clean. I'm so clean. You get home, it's like, oh my gosh, get it off me. All right. <laughs> the thing that I have for today, or the word that God's been um, sort of putting on my heart, is actually um, something that I think I've touched on before. But if you if you knew, it's great. This is going to be fresh material for you. So so good. Um, if, uh, otherwise, um, just pretend that it's fresh material, and that'll be great. No, um, what we're going to talk about today is actually something called unpack your bags. Now, the reason that I've been thinking about this is um, Cromwell's awesome. If you don't live in Cromwell, um, one of the really great things about Cromwell is Cromwell really is a place that has seasons. Yeah, so like, um, so summer season is very, very different to winter season. Um, when James first came down, he was, just cu- he was just coming off the back of summer season, just about to go into winter season. Summer season was a great time in Cromwell. Winter season was probably fairly brutal, all right? But um, we all go through different seasons, and what's good and what's appropriate for us to wear in Cromwell during a summer season is actually completely inappropriate for us to wear during a winter season. Hey, A, we'd get hypothermia, B, bits would fall off, C, um, it, you it just wouldn't be a good time for anyone, all right? So um, this, um, this thing that I wanted to talk about, unpack your bags, actually comes from a clip that I, I, I saw earlier this week by uh, a Christian rapper called Lecrae. And so I actually just wanted to, um, I actually just wanted to show you the clip. So, so he's not just some random dude. Um, he's, he's actually a really, he's a, he's a great guy with some great relevant music. To, he's hip, cool, and relevant. Um, this is Lecrae. He's not a... He's just a cool dude, so listen to what he has to say. 
What's up, y'all? I just got back from Japan. Had an amazing time. And I usually do not unpack my bags when I get back in town immediately. I don't know if you do. If you do, good for you. You're more disciplined than I am. But I don't generally unpack my bags right away. But the funny thing is, is I got another trip I got to make coming up. And if I don't unpack my bag, then I got a whole bunch of dirty clothes and unnecessary weight hindering me from getting where I need to go for this next trip. And if you think about it, if you're trying to go where God wants you to go in 2018, you can't take all the baggage from 2017 with you. It stink, it's weighing you down, and it's not any good to help you get where you need to go. So if you want to go where you're supposed to go in 2018, you got to let go of the baggage from 2017. I just say all that to inspire y'all, you know what I'm saying, to have the best possible year you can have. Let go of that baggage and move forward. Blessings. Awesome. So three... What's up, y'all? Oh, hey, Lecrae. <laughs> no. <laughs> So it's really, it's, um, so it's pretty awesome. What a, great, what a great word, hey. Like if you're wanting to have everything that 2018 has for you, you actually have to unpack your bags from 2017. Now, there's a couple of things that I wanted to pull out, pull out of it. That's not the passage that we're focusing on. We're not going to speak from the book of Lecrae today. All right. Um, I can't keep up with all of the words that he says when he sings them, so um, I'd misquote him anyway. Um, but the thing that I really love is that when it comes to different seasons, there's actually different clothing that we, that we wear. There's different things that we have for each season. And what's good for one season is not necessarily what's good for the next season. Yeah? So um, what I wanted to talk about today is if you've um, got your Bibles, um, uh, I would love for you to look up Hebrews 12. Um, so we're going to look at Hebrews 12, just the first part of Hebrews 12. Um, if you don't have a Bible, maybe um, peer over the shoulder of the person beside you. Um, if you genuinely don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. There's Bibles out on the front desk, right? So this is, so this is it. So this is Hebrews 12. It comes just after what's known as the faith passage, where there's basically the heroes of the hall of faith. It's like the, the greatest hits of, you know, here are the greatest people that followed God over the Old, Old, Testament, Old, over the Old Testament. And it, it talks about these great people that did incredible things. Um, it includes people that made, inc- made huge mistakes, but at the same time, they're still mentioned in the heroes, the whole heroes of the hall of faith. So they made the greatest hits for faith. So even amongst the humanity, even amongst the mistakes, they're still named as these are the guys that had my heart. These are the ones that had faithfulness even in the hard times. And I really love I really love that. So the reason that I mention that is at the start of Hebrews twelve. It says, therefore, so as soon as you see a therefore, it means that you have to actually take into consideration what come beforehand, okay? So in light of all this. So there's this big list of people, okay? Great people, great faithful people. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Now let's think about that for a minute, that um, we're running this race in our li- uh, that we're running this race called Life, Yeah. And there's these people that are around us that are the most faithful people, faithful to the point that they're mentioned in their Bible for their, mentioned in the Bible for their faithfulness. And these are the guys that are cheering us on. What do you think they'd be saying? They're not going to be so. These are the faithful people. They'll be able to look at you, and they're not going to be saying, "No, you can't do that." Oh, tripped over again. Oh my goodness. No, these are the guys that are going. You can do it. God got a hold of my life, and He can get a hold of your life as well. All right? So these guys are cheering you on. 
So since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So every weight, every piece of baggage that we have that actually stops us from running the race that we're called to run. So not everything that you carry is good for you. Especially, so especially means that there's something else as well as the sin that so easily trips us up. So that tells me two things. The sin that can trip us up, so the sin that we carry that actually hinders us at our race. The other thing that that tells me, because it says especially, is that there's actually other things in our lives that's not necessarily sin that can actually slow us down. So stuff that's, even stuff that was good for us in one season might not necessarily be the best for us in this season. So it was good for a time, but that time might be past now, all right? I'm not going to walk around in winter in Cromwell carrying all my summer clothes around just in case it's time for a swim, all right? There's no point in me carrying togs around, just on the off chance that I want to jump into the wharf at two degrees. Do you know what I'd want in that case? Hypothermia, that's what I'd get, okay? <laughs> especially the sin that so easily trips, so this stuff that we carry, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So deal with sin or it'll deal to you and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. So I've got a couple of thoughts about this, okay? First of all, I'd like to talk about stripping off, which is a very strange thing to want to talk about, all right? We have to be very careful where we go here. Shannon actually made the observation the other day in and amongst um, the fact that it's been so hot this summer that even in and amongst my own, uh, the way that I see myself, I think I've spent more time with my top off this summer than I ever have before, all right? To the point that if people saw me come up from Invercargill, James like, yeah, you have, yep. <laughs> to the point that if people from Invercargill, which is fairly conservative, came up to see me, most of the time they'd be going, oh my goodness, what are you doing? Put some clothes on, Ray. And that would be to Shannon, put some clothes on, Ray. Um, <laughs> to... Um, to the people up in Cromwell who have lived in this space for this season, they'll just go, well, yeah, we've, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just what happens. That's just part of it. So I'm actually tanned in places that I've never been tanned before here. All right? I, I can spot the visual people. There's laughers. All right? All right. There's some of you sort of considering poking your eyes out and closing your ears right now, you know, just to stop that. It's too hot to wear a top sometimes. See what's good and right in one environment and in one season may be completely inappropriate for another. Try going topless in a South of winter. Um, I'll, I'll let, it, let you put it another way. So what's good for one season is not necessarily good for another. Or even stuff that we carry that, might, that we might need might not necessarily be good. Asher is a scout now, which is awesome. He's a, he's a great dude. And we sent Asher on his first scout camp, right? And there was this, you know how there's an equipment list that comes with the scout camp? We didn't know that this was like suggested as opposed to 100%. So we literally put everything that was on that equipment list in the largest bag that we could find, like the tramping pack. This thing was about 35, 40 kgs, all right? But it had everything on it that was going to be that he might need for like an overnight camp in Galloway. I'm not sure how he could potentially... Um, you know, starve or get too cold or die in 30 degree heat. But we still put absolutely everything. So he had thermals, he had like absolutely everything. To the point that it was actually almost impossible for me to lift, let alone putting it on this poor wee fella. Alright? The scout master actually gave us a bit of feedback. He said, um, oh that's really great that you're so... Um, 
that you're so prepared. You know, part of the scout thing is that you have to be prepared. Um, but he said, um, you know, he essentially said, um, you don't have to be prepared for the zombie apocalypse, all right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to have three years of food just on the off chance there's a flash flood that a piece of New Zealand breaks. No, that's not what he said. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> but he did say, um, actually, what's on the list, what's on the equipment list is not actually necessarily what we need for every season. So they put it down because that's part of their health and safety, but it's not actually, Asher didn't actually need three thermals. He didn't actually need three polyprops in 30-odd degree heat. Like, he didn't need it for that. I wonder that as Christians, how often do we pack stuff in our bags in the unlikely event that something's going to happen that God can't account for? So we're about to go into a season. So let's say that James, who's about to go to Auckland, um, brings 12 pairs of thermals just on the off chance that the next ice age starts while he's up in Auckland. Or he takes a panic room with him just on the off chance that he's beset by the Chinese mafia. Or he, he has some sort of, creates some sort of Faraday cage that he can wander around with. It's like a cage so that you don't get struck by lightning. Just on the, just on the off chance. I wonder how often as Christians we wait until we've got the full equipment list before we actually step into everything that God has for us in a season. See, it's not actually up to us to decide what we need and what we don't need for a season. It's actually up to God. So when God tells us to go, we can actually go in faith, knowing that even if we don't feel prepared, even if we don't feel um, like we're ready to go, that he'll be with us and he knows what we need. He knows what's best for us. How many of us have um, waited until we're all together before we've stepped into a season that God's called us to? I've definitely done that before. All right? So... I believe that God tells us what we need for every season. I believe that one of the things that we do in each season as we run this race that's set before us, that God is calling us to build up our endurance. He wants us to build up our spiritual stamina. He wants us to actually have resistance so that we actually build up who we are, our character, our our spiritual giftings, our faith, and our belief in God, that we can fully rely on him in any situation. See, each of us has a different race to run, so it actually makes sense that we have a different training regimen. So the race that I have before me has to be different to you guys because I'm a different person. And so if that's the case, we can't actually look to someone else and go, oh my goodness, that's how they're preparing for their season, so I have to do that as well. We start to play the comparison game, and it's not actually um, helpful for us. God tells us what we need. So if we've got different preparation, if we've got a different training regimen, if we've got a different equipment list, um, we don't actually need to wait until we've got everything together. When God tells us to go, we can faithfully, we can faithfully follow the race that's put before us, yeah? And so how do we do this? Well, it's all about positioning. So if we go into Hebrews uh, 12, verse 2, it says, we do this. So how do we run this race that, with endurance that God set before us after we've stripped everything off? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Now, there's a couple of things here that are actually really interesting. One, Jesus is our champion. So, so in the All Blacks up until probably a year and a half ago, Richie McCaw was the champion of the All Blacks. So the reason that Richie McCaw could captain was because he had literally done it all before. 
Like he, he'd, he'd, he'd put the hard yards in. He'd, um, showed, he'd shown leadership. He'd had some hero moments. He, in some cases, as we all know, he did what needed to be done at the time. He was the enforcer sometimes. But people would follow him because he was, he was the champion of the All Blacks at the time. But Jesus is our champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I love that fact that we can position ourselves in such a way that Jesus initiates and perfects our faith. So initiate. So he actually causes us to dig deeper into faith. Perfect. So once we're actually faithful, once we're starting to flex our faith muscles, he continues to develop that. And we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. So this is the thing that I have. How are you positioned? How are you positioned for this year? Have you got your eyes on Jesus this year? What are you looking towards? What are you looking? What horizon are you looking for? See, the thing is, is that I was, um, it would come as no great shock to anyone that I was a prop growing up, okay? That, that I was never in any danger of being a wing. I could have been a centre at one stage, thanks, Tanu Um, You know, because I was a unit. But I was a prop. And so one of the things that was actually really important for me as a prop is I needed to know how to prop well. When it comes to the, the scrums, when it comes to the scrums, one of the things that we had to do is that where your eyes were was where the rest of your body would go. Okay, so when you're actually, so 800 kgs versus 800 kgs, or more than 800 kgs now in the modern game, what you needed to do is that you actually needed to make sure that you kept your eyes on the place that you wanted to go. All right? So this is the thing. Are your eyes on Jesus? What's capturing your focus? What's capturing your imagination? The second thing around this, if, our, if we're going to allow Jesus to be a champion, if we're going to allow Jesus to be the one who initiates and perfects our faith, where have you positioned Jesus? Where is Jesus in your life? To use the rugby analogy again, is he the coach on the scrum machine? The best coaches, the best forwards coaches that I ever have would literally stand on the scrum machine as we pushed it all around the field. And what would happen is um, they would uh, correct their form, generally by yelling at us. Um, they would encourage us, generally by yelling at us. Um, they, would, they, would, they would help us. They would get us to push the machine around and, um, and build our stamina and build our strength. So where have you placed Jesus in your life? Is he your coach? Is he the one that's straight ahead of you who's getting you to push your, in your training and in your preparation? He's, you're pushing... Um, he's building your spiritual stamina and building your spiritual character, or is he the theoretical book that you've never opened? All right? So there's a difference between, so as a prop, as someone who's, who's done more scrums than I could know, I, it's the reason that I'm below six, six foot, I'm sure of it, it's because I've done one too many scrums in my time. I can either become proficient in scrumming by... Actually doing scrums, actually pushing stuff around, or I could read a book on it. Do you have a theoretical faith in Jesus, or is he like the perfecter and the finisher of your faith? So have you positioned yourself to be initiated and perfected by him? Who is coaching you? Someone is the loudest voice in your life. Who is it? See, the thing, the reason for that is, is that we want Jesus to speak into our lives because he knows a thing or two about keeping the main thing the main thing. And so when we come to the life of Jesus and we see how Jesus lived, any time that he allowed himself to be interrupted is actually really important. The, only, the times that he allowed himself to be interrupted were to heal people 
and to provide redemption. Like he would, he would fully go out of his way to help to redeem people, to help lift people up, to help give them a faith. So verse 2 continued, Because of the joy waiting before me endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Jesus put the hard yards in. He deserves the right to help us work on our form, how our faith operates. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. I find those couple of verses really interesting. Oh, you think you've had it bad in in this season that's just been. Try paying for everyone else's sin. So Jesus took everyone else's faults on himself. It's like the greatest not not my fault ref moment in the entire world. And have you forgot, verse 5, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't give up when he corrects you, for the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as a child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his children. What a wonderful thing it is to be disciplined by God. He loves us enough to work on us. Whoever heard of it, carrying on, whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by the father? God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children. Oh, sorry. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best that they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, that we might share in his holiness. So as God disciplines us, there's a refining process that takes place. If we allow ourselves to be put under God's discipline, he refines us. Okay, He trains us. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Anyone that's ever been to a rugby, um, a rugby training program, particularly towards the start of the season where you have to get match fit again, will know that for sure. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Living a disciplined life has benefits. It's a peaceful harvest of right living. So, verse 12. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. I love that thought. So take a new grip with your tired hands. So after having been through this process where God is perfecting and finishing our faith, after being through this process where he's disciplining us to be able to have spiritual endurance and stamina, He tells us to take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. So what are you holding on to? Where are you making your stand? Where are you going? Verse 13, mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. See, you're right living. If you go through the process of living a disciplined life, if you go through the process of letting God perfect and initiate your faith, What happens is you become an example to others so that others can follow in the footsteps of where you go. You're trailblazing a path for others, those other people that have influence in your life. See, God's shaping us. He's refining us. He's getting us ready for the next season. Um, I've got a really good example. See, we can either let God refine us for the next season or we can try and go it alone. Okay? We can either let God refine us for the next season. So in 2017, part of what he did during 2017 was get you ready for 2018. Some of the obstacles, some of the resistance that you, that you come up against is actually preparing you for this next season. And you could either learn 
Uh, let yourself be refined by that process, that discipline process, or you could live an undisciplined life where you can go, oh my goodness, it's okay, God, I got this. I've got the best example in the world, and it's hilarious. Voto, sit down. I've got the best example in the world. It's this really lame, um, it's this really lame um, game show that had, that's way funnier than it ever had any right to be. Has, can, does anyone remember the hole in the wall game show? So what happened is this, so this is, this is, I don't, know how, I don't know who pitched this, but this is amazing. Okay, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to get these three idiots. We'll call them idiots because that's what they are for joining up in this game show. We're going to get these three guys, right? And what's going to happen is behind a curtain, we're going to create this shape that they've never seen before. And then they're going to have to stand in this zone. And behind them, there's going to be water, and they'll, they'll have never seen this hole. And what will happen is that the curtain will go past and there'll be this hole and they'll have to try and fit in the hole. But they won't know what shape the hole is. And here's the kicker. Some of the holes will be impossible to fit through with the shape that they are. You imagine trying to get a big guy through a little skinny hole. This is going to be hilarious. And so this was actually the game show. This this is the hole in the wall. I've um, I've actually got like a one-minute clip. This is our life, by the way. So you might think that that's the world's worst illustration, but it's actually really good. We don't know what's happening in the season that's ahead of us. We can ask for clarification. We can ask for discernment. We can ask for a word of knowledge from God. But if we go it alone, what we're doing is we're actually trying to prepare for a season that we don't know what's ahead. Okay, that's a bit like the hole in the wall there. And as you can see, it doesn't always go that well for these guys. Uh, the one that I find the most hilarious is where you see the wee sort of lollipop-shaped hole, and there's, like, there's actually physically, in order for those guys to have fit through the hole, they would have had to have like, gone on a 1,200-calorie-a-day diet for a period of two to three years. before. Like, so the preparation for them to be able to hit that obstacle and go through that season actually needed to start two to three years before they hit that. It wasn't in the five seconds before where it's like, oh, my goodness, it was already impossible at that point. So here's my thought. We don't always know what's over the next hill. We don't always know what our next obstacle or our next challenges are. But we have someone who has a greater experience, a greater perspective and greater experience than us. He's got got that God's eye view. It's called a God's eye view for a reason. See, the thing is, is that don't despise when God starts conditioning you for the next season. Okay? See, because our God is a path straightener, he's a mountain leveler, but he's also a God that will prepare us for any season. We can either let God work on us, disciplining us, building our stamina, or we can be battered and buffeted by the events of life as they come, or slowly shaping us by our painful experiences as life hits us. One way leaves us tired, but builds discipline and endurance in the way that we live our lives. The other leaves us battered and bruised. Either way... The work needs to happen. We can either pay the cost before we go through a season, 
We pay it during the season that we go through, yeah? Either way, it needs to happen. One way is active, the other is passive. One is preventative, one is reactive. See, this is the thing, is that life shouldn't happen to Christians. Christians should happen to life. So here's my thought. I don't know if there's, um, I don't know if there's um, sin in your life that you need to deal with. I don't know if there's um, baggage that you've got that was good for a season but might not necessarily be good now. But the thing is, is that good baggage, a bit like Asher on the scout camp, good baggage becomes bad baggage when we don't need it anymore. Um, to put it another way, the best seat on the wrong plane is a bad seat. All right? So our altar call, here it is. Have you unpacked... Uh, Have you unpacked your bags from 2017? Have you learned everything that God wanted you to learn in that season? Have you started packing for 2018? Are you allowing God to begin to shape you for what's coming next? Who's your coach? Who's the person that's helping to shape your direction, your focus, your training regimen? Make sure that you're prepared. And finally, are you going to be disciplined or are you going to be bruised as life hits you? So there's an offer here. And this is the thing, is that in this passage, in um, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 12, there's an offer here. Jesus wants to be involved in our preparation. He wants to train us. He wants us to cast off. He wants us to, the stuff that we need for the next season, he wants us to carry. And the stuff that we don't, he wants us to get rid of. He wants to train you, and he wants to make you more disciplined. He wants to give you vision and a future. You just need to say yes. What we're going to do is we're just going to put some music on. I'd love to pray for you guys, but if there's anyone that as I've heard um, what I've said today and just sort of realize that maybe they feel far away from Jesus at the moment, they, they, they're finding it hard to hear his voice because he's been sidelined for a bit, we'd love to pray for you. See, the thing is, is that um, the most important step that someone can take is the next step. Every step that you take either takes you further away from Jesus or closer to Jesus. Let me encourage you that the step that you take today will bring you closer to a Savior who loves you, loves who you are, but loves you enough to be able to um, speak into your life and prepare you for the next season. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much that you've got this race that um, we're called to run before us. Lord, I thank you so much that you prepare us for every season, that you speak into us, and that you love us so much that you're willing to discipline us and, and, and put discipline into our lives. Lord, we know that you're a good, good father. We know that you're a father who, who loves us enough to, um, to be able to shape us before we have to fit through the holes that life throws at us. And so, God, I just pray that you would be with us, you continue to work through us, so that we would be able to run with endurance the race that is set before us, not looking to the left or the right, um, comparing our journey with the person beside us, but looking eyes towards Jesus, pressed on towards the God. Lord, uh, as we, um, as we do that, Lord, I just pray that we could become increasingly aware as well of the great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on, that are encouraging us, that are speaking life into us, that are lifting us up in those times that we might feel tired. But Lord, we thank you for the season that's been. Help us to unpack our bags now so that we can get ready for the season that's to come. In Jesus' name, amen.